This is episode 101 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today we'll be talking about what holy sites and cities are associated with Christianity with Susan and Rick McCarthy. Welcome to the Christian Travelers Network, where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Hey, Christian Travelers. I'm so glad that you are here. Um, Yes, you heard me right. We have two guests on our show tonight, a first um, in the past two years, and we're really excited to have them talk about holy cities and sites and how you can have some deeper experiences with God when traveling to some of those locations. But before we dive into that, I want to once again point you to our website, christiantravelers.net. There you'll find other faith and travel resources. And of course, we are currently running a travel giveaway for a Christian travel planner. Head to our website forward slash giveaway. And you can be entered into that fun little giveaway, and there will be more about that at the end of the show. But without further ado, Susan and Rick McCarthy were transformed during their travels to Israel and found themselves wanting others to have the same divine moments with the Creator. This inspired them to write a book, something they'd never done before, to help others transform their faith-based travels. Hey, Susan and Rick, how's it going? So good. Glad to be on here, Sarah. Yes, and I'm so glad that you guys are here. So can you tell me a little bit about yourselves and your time in Israel? Well, the first time I went when I was single, and the pastor that took us said, your life is never going to be the same. And I thought, that is a stretch. <laughs> but he was right. Uh, he He didn't even push it up enough because what happened when I got there was that I had a a chance to encounter God in a way that I never had before. And so leaving the the trip that we were on, they left enough time for the Holy Spirit to hear, to let you hear the Holy Spirit, to let you experience the Holy Spirit. And it changed my life. For me, I had always wanted to write a book on the great festivals of the world you know, the running of the bulls in Pamplona and, you know, Carnival in Rio. And we went on a, the year we got married, we went on a Dream Masters weekend with Bob Shank from the Masters program. And we came out of that instead with a more God-honoring travel book uh, that's based on going to sites like Israel, Paul's journeys to Greece and Turkey, Reformation, Germany, Switzerland, England, Scotland and even just short-term mission trips, and to have a different experience than what normally happens on those trips. Yes, much more faith-based versus tourist-based. Well, what happens on most trips is there's fantastic teaching, and the Bible comes alive, and like Jesus stood right here on the southern steps of the temple and spoke. How cool is that? Hurry up, get back on the bus. We've got 12 more stops today. And ours is more about, let's take an extra half hour and reflect on what happened there thousands of years ago and how that's relevant to my life today. And that is where the aha defining moments with God happens. Because you've traveled halfway around the world, but the most important part is that last 12 inches moving from your head to your heart. 
I know there's a million reasons why that spiritual element is important um, in terms of growing our faith life, but why do you guys believe that's so important? Well, for me, it the the history fills my mind, but my heart needs filled. And I love how the Holy Spirit is just so faithful to fill your heart. And then what we found when we're traveling with others and they're having the same experience and we're all sharing them is a community and a unity is built that you feel like your family, that these people are your new family once you've been on such an intimate spiritual experience with people. It's not just a tour or a place that you're visiting, but you're having a transformational journey. And this isn't new. I mean, there were pilgrimages to Solomon's temple 3,000 years ago. Paul took three missionary journeys. 330 million people a year visit the world's key religious sites. So this is the idea of learning by discovery rather than only by teachings. There's definitely something important about seeing what you've been reading about in the Bible all this time, and like it comes alive in a new way. It is. And, you know, it's this actually, it's also for people that are not even going on a trip that just want to be an armchair traveler. And there's the rich combination of history and Bible study and life application opportunity. So it's, it's for people leading trips, it's for people attending trips, uh, it's for solo travelers. Yes. W- what we're talking about is those religious sites, those holy sites and sacred sites. Um, but um, for someone who doesn't really know even what that is, how do you guys define what a holy site or city really is? Well, there are clearly what they call A, B, and C sites. An A site would be the Sea of Galilee. We we know that's where Jesus was. He was on a boat on that sea and walked all around that sea. But then there's other sites that we're not sure if that's exactly where it happened. It's where tradition says that it happened. The Garden Tomb is an example. There are a couple of places outside of the city, and there's the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. People have different faiths, have different beliefs at what happened there. And so really the key is looking at that city or that site through the lens of what happened in that area and how is that relevant to my life today. And we even cover, like in the Reformation section of the book, sites that God showed up and did something important, especially when, you know, Martin Luther had a big uh, revelation or he had a big debate in a certain city. What was God doing there? And so we take people back to that time and space also. I like that because... um... God is clearly everywhere, but there's definitely moments in time where something big happened and we can really reflect on not just the biblical times, but uh, as you said, Martin Luther and other individuals who God has clearly worked through. Yeah. Yeah. So in all of your research and in your travels, what are some of your guys' favorite holy sites or some places that you really uncovered something you hadn't known before? I would say for me, it was Gideon's spring. It's an amazing story of God naming Gideon mighty warrior and siphoning the, it, 
Israelites down to 500 people to take on the 132,000 Midianites. So clearly the victory was God's. And Gideon's response to that name is, no, no, I'm the least man from the least tribe. God, that's not me. And so most trips, you'll come there, you'll look at the area, you'll remember the, the spring there where the soldiers that were kept the fight were the ones that got down on one knee, kept their sword up, cupped the water, and put it and replenished themselves that way, as opposed to those that lay on the ground and just kind of lapped at the water. And so, great, hurry up, get back on the bus. No, wait a second. The God of the universe created you. And he's probably named you. So why don't we take some time and try to hear a name? When Susan had been on the trip the first time, she'd gotten a name that she didn't think was powerful enough. She'd heard the name Sunshine. And many of us had tried to convince her for years that that's a powerful name, that Sun is life-giving and truth-speaking, and that's who she is, and things light into a room. So the night before we're going to get in Springs, I said to her, look, darling, I think that's a great name for you, but maybe God's got a middle name for you tomorrow. Then let's <laughs> we'll see what he has. So she goes, she sits in the shade by that spring and the sun starts reflecting off the shade into her eyes. She moves, it happens again. She moves, it happens again. And she's like, okay, God, I'll embrace that name. Today she loves that he gave her that name, Sunshine. So what people were coming back after their time and they were, were given name tags and they'd write their God name on their name tag and people would be sharing and some would be resisting the name like Gideon did. Others were embracing the name and powerful sharing time to experience that with people. And they kept their name tags on throughout the day. I personally want to always make sure that I'm really hearing from God, that I'm not just hearing from Rick. So I didn't tell anybody, including my Susan, my name. I didn't write anything on my name tag. We get back on the bus. I'm talking to a pastor that I just met on the trip across the aisle that uh, we're not talking about God names at all. And he ends up using my God name. And he says to me, wow, Rick, you are really a builder of men, which was the exact name God gave me. So now it was confirmed. Now I put it on my name tag. And Susan and I regularly call each other by our God names. Huh. That's really cool. Were you guys... Um just touring with a group that did that? Or was that something that kind of came out of your book? Our church, uh, Mariner's Church in Irvine, California, does a really great job with the Israel trip of doing layering on these heart life application, defining moments with God experiences on top of that head touristy knowledge type experience. And so she had been with them once before. And after we got married, we went with them together. And then we later started a Paul's Journeys trip uh, where we use some of the stuff in our book, bringing a pastor from the church. And now that church does the Israel trip every year and the Paul's Journeys trip every two years. That's awesome. And what I loved is uh, when we went to Ephesus, uh, which is now called Kusadashi, but it's one of the best digs or archaeological digs that you can ever visit. And you get to walk the places where you know Paul walked and go stand on the stage in a big 24,000 seat theater where you know he preached. And to stand on that stage and to 
try to think about what was going through his heart and mind when he was um, preaching there. It, it really centers you and, and you get to ask God, what are you asking me to preach? You know, <laughs> where I get to stand. And um, I just, I loved uh, just the whole experience of knowing that he goes through or he went through what we go through and how do we marry those two up together? I am really enjoying these deeper life questions and you're right. There are, there are not a lot of um, travel agencies that make that spiritual mulling over of the mind a big point in their travels. No, no. And you know, when we were in Israel, everybody goes out on the Sea of Galilee in a fishing boat. That's kind of every tour group does it. But what I loved about our church is when they took us out there, they told the story of the disciples and how scared they were when the weather got rough. And we read that and we think Jesus was in your boat. You guys, what was wrong with you? And so <laughs> then the pastor turns it on each one of us and says, you have something you're each afraid of in your life. Jesus is in your boat. What are you afraid of? And then every person on the boat shared that. And there were people that shared things that were 50-year-old fears that were finally getting surfaced for the very first time in their life. And to weep with them over that and to rejoice with them as they got set free, I will never forget being in that boat and experiencing that transformation. And then it continues through the rest of the trip. And every evening we encourage there to be after dinner, a, a time of sharing where people share what else, you know, they saw or maybe about somebody in the, the group, some other feelings or thoughts they had, affirmations of people in there. And you're usually tired at night and you really don't want to do it. And then, you know, you do and you're like, oh my gosh, that was the richest part of the day. And so it's such a beautiful thing to continue that. Uh, and we show in the book for people how to start long before the trip, how to select the right people in different roles, how to bring people together to get to know each other, how to continue that after getting back. And these are rich communities that you always love, these people that you met, because you've shared some pretty remarkable things together. Yes, one of the things um, kind of in the month of April we're really going to be focusing on in CTN is just the importance of community and it sounds like one of the other blessings outside of experiencing these holy sites was the community that you got to experience with them. Absolutely. And out of that first Israel trip I went on, God gave me sisters that I still am God sisters with to this day. And it's been 20 years since that first trip. Wow. That's wonderful how God can work such amazing connections into your travels. Are you looking for a faith-based resource for your next travel adventure? Look no further than the Ultimate Travel Kit. This kit includes activities and supplies for large group, small group, and individual travel devotions. It is great for ages high school through retired adults, and it is very easy for leaders to incorporate around any travel itinerary. For more information, go to christiantravelers.net forward slash ultimate travel kit. In Corinth, the pastor is talking about how people have been hurt by people within church. And he said, let's leave this here today. 
and I'm just going to stand in the gap and you just call out a name of somebody or a situation and we're going to release that and we're going to go back free after this. And Susan's God's calling is to set the captives free. It was such a rich moment that the pastor just stood up there weeping as he was receiving these things that had caused so much pain to so many people. And you didn't have to know all their stories when they say South Africa, what was behind that, that they were involved with the ministry there that you know had some challenges. And uh, it was such a freeing thing for us individually and also to see it in other people. And uh, that, that was one of the highlight moments for me was just the courage of him taking it on and just reminded me of Jesus taking on all of our sins and all of our brokenness in a, in a beautiful way. That sounds like a very impactful moment of forgiveness and healing for sure. Mm-hmm. I tell people travel is the one thing that makes you richer after you pay for it. <laughs> it's, uh, especially faith-based travel. It's incredible. Yes, it's so true. Um, God works through incredible ways every single day of our lives. But when we step outside of our routines, when we travel to holy sites or other destinations, um, it kind of forces us to turn to him in ways that we sometimes are more reluctant in our routine. And uh, it opens the door for those conversations that are so important. Yeah. When we were in the garden tomb outside of Jerusalem, they said a couple of things about communion. We took communion and they encouraged you to serve your partner who we were paired off with and to ask them, what is it Jesus wants you to remember about his body? What is it Jesus wants you to remember about his blood? And to this day, we continue to ask each other that every time we take communion. And the first time we took communion, when we came back home, without saying a word, we both automatically turned to each other to serve. And so I always serve Susan the bread and the wine, and she always serves me the bread and the wine. And the intimacy that has come with him and with us and the you know, fact that he is in the middle of our marriage has uh, really grown as a result of just that one time in the garden tomb. That's so cool. Such stories like that are so encouraging, um, just how it can make such a lifelong impact on you. Mm-hmm. So if someone was looking to book a trip to a holy site or learn more about holy sites, what um, and where they are, what they are, what are some resources that they could turn to to find information about that? Well, in the appendix of the book, uh, which is quite a thorough, uh, and also on our website, we've put our entire appendix for free on the website for people to access. So for every city and site, there are multiple web links available there. And there are uh, a number of videos and books and you know, or ministries, organizations that are involved. So it, there's a richness there that we want people to have. And whether they read our book or not, we want it available to them on the website. And it's even viewable well in Kindle format, but I also wanted to give it where people could print these things out in PDF format and have access to them from the website. Wonderful. 
Um, and then if someone was going to book a trip to a holy site, what are some things that they can do to have a more spiritual experience or connect with God on a deeper level? Susan wrote a really good piece uh, in the beginning about all the different roles. You need, need like a, a worship leader and you need like a shepherd and all the different roles that people have and a 30-day devotional to prepare your heart, showing people how to you know, start to build that community and get together a few times before the trip, how to continue to do that uh, after the trip. So there's a, a lot of stuff besides the sharing, the affirmations, and also we, we give people how to do that if they're going to do a group tour. If they're going to do an individual tour, a number of our friends have gone on tours that they knew they were going to get good head knowledge, but this would be lacking from the trip leader, and they've just used our resources and done these things on their own in the hotel room or on the bus between stops, and they've been able to you know, enrich their experience even more uh, by doing that. You know. Most churches have connections, and it's nice to go with a group you know, whether it's an affinity group like through a university or through a church, where you're more likely to be in relationship with those people going forward rather than just joining a group with strangers. But even when you do that with a group of strangers across the country, you're still going to stay connected afterwards. You've gone through something that's very special together. And I think there's also an opportunity to meet with that tour group leader beforehand and say or express what you want express that you want these intimate transformational times with god and give him a resource like our website or our book to say let's consider moving in this way because you're going to bless a whole bunch of people by giving them things that god has for them instead of just having it be a fun trip when we led this trip to Paul, Greece, uh, Greece and Turkey for Paul's Journeys, we were going with a ministry that does this, another great ministry called Footstep Ministries out of uh, Dallas, and they do trips all over. And she is from Greece and really gives you a great experience of the culture there. He is a Pauline scholar and just gives you amazing teaching and all. And we brought our a pastor from our church to layer in these defining moment opportunities that Susan wrote throughout the book. And I understand that the, the Pauline scholar was kind of like, hey, we, this is what we do. We do these trips. We're really good at it. And, um, you know, I know my stuff. And I said, yes. And we want to take more time and layer these in. So every night we'd meet all of us. So what are you teaching tomorrow? Okay, here's some ideas we have of taking an extra 30 minutes to try to hear from the Holy Spirit, have silence, solitude, some kind of directed question or journaling. And you know, he resisted a little bit because it was different and he's really good at what he does. And then we were at a site and the challenge was to write a letter to somebody that's really impacted your faith. And when you get home, mail it to him. So I, while I was writing my letter, I happened to see his wife finish writing her letter. She walks over. She hands it to him, kisses him on the cheek, and she walks away. He starts reading her letter, and he just starts weeping as she's affirming how he has been so significant in her faith journey. And at that moment, he got it. He understood what we were trying to do. And he continues to lead that trip with the same pastor that we brought. And they've developed a great friendship and partnership in how they go from the head to the heart at each site. 
Thank you guys for sharing such wonderful insight with us. Is there anything else that you guys want to talk about before I kind of ask my final questions? I would say just a key thing is just to realize that God continues to reverberate his glory in those sacred spaces and that you can even experience that same glory today if you give him that time, that space, that silence, that solitude uh, directed towards just receiving. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, One of the questions that I always ask our guests is what has been the biggest God moment in all of your travels? I think for me, it was just what Rick was talking about, that garden tomb, sitting there and just soaking in the question, who is, what does Jesus want me to remember about him? And that that's a question that I keep asking myself <clears throat> over and over. Um, and I, it takes me back to the garden tomb every time I ask myself that. Susan, do you mind sharing? what? Are, I know there are many things to remember of Christ, but what are some things that um, he has wanted you to remember? Oh, my goodness. Let, where, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> he has said, um, so, so when Rick and I share communion, uh, you know, we pick two things, one for his body, one for his blood. And Jesus has said, remember that I've got your back remember that I'll never let you fall. And so as Rick serves me the bread, he'll say, remember that Jesus always has your back. And as he serves me the blood, remember that Jesus will never let you fall. Um, He reminds me that I'm safe, that he's fighting my battles, that he loves me more than I can understand. And he just, he constantly whispers. They're not big, long, huge missives. They're usually just a few words but they change everything when they enter my heart. You know, when people, we travel a lot and people often ask, what's your favorite you know, place? And my answer always is the next one because I'm always <laughs> anticipating our next trip and our next experience. So we've shared some of these stories, like you know, I shared the Gideon Springs naming story for both of us and all. So my biggest God moment in all my travels is going to be my next one. I just can't wait to see what it is. Wonderful. Well, thank you guys for sharing that. Thank you, Susan, for sharing some of those things that Christ is reminding you of. And thank you, Rick, for sharing uh, about those adventures that you've experienced, but also what you're looking forward to next. And um, I look forward to hearing where God takes you next. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Well, thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. Where can our listeners connect with you outside of this episode? The name of the book is Defining Moments, The Transformational Promises of Faith-Based Travel, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, bookstores, libraries, Kindle, etc. And the best way to connect with us is through email, definingmomentsbook at icloud.com. And our website, definingmomentsbook.com, that has all sorts of resources and excerpt for the book and the forward to give people more of a feel and particularly their resources to just go ahead and print things that might be of value for them. Wonderful. Well, I will certainly encourage all of you listeners to head there because it sounds like Susan and Rick um, have really been called by God to share some very encouraging ways to dive deeper into those things. And we'll make sure to have them in the show notes. 
Well, Susan and Rick, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been a pleasure talking with you. Sarah, thank you for having us on. It's been great. Yeah, it's fun. We love what you do, Sarah. Thank you so much. Well, Christian travelers, I hope that you have been encouraged by Susan and Rick and that you will definitely check out their resource and hopefully take a trip to a holy site. There are so many um, ways that you can connect with God on such a deeper level, and I've really enjoyed the perspective that Susan and Rick have shared with us today. In addition, um, I hope that you definitely check out their book, Um, But of course, we're also running our giveaway as well right now. We're coming up on two years of podcasting, which is super exciting, and we appreciate your ongoing support. As a result, we are currently running a giveaway for our Christian Travel Planner to help you plan uh, some of your next adventures and to pray throughout the process. You can be entered at the giveaway at christiantravelers.net forward slash giveaway. And if you like today's episode, you can also head to episode 22 Sacred Sites with Kate Michelle. Kate shares about her time in monasteries, learning to pray three plus times a day, her journeys on pilgrimages, and her visits to other holy sites, which you might enjoy as well. And of course, we encourage you to subscribe or leave a review. Until next time, safe travels and God bless.